Welcome to the Soul Craft Your Life podcast. My name is Carmen Marshall, and I'm a life design and manifestation expert, a seven-figure entrepreneur, wellness educator, and a dance teacher. And I'm passionate about helping you create a magical and fulfilling life. Whether you want to discover your purpose, learn how to attract financial abundance, or create more health, balance, joy, and connection in your life, the Soul Craft Your Life podcast has got you covered. One part strategy and one part soul. Each week we explore both the practical and the spiritual with intriguing experts and fascinating human beings, all sharing their wisdom to help expand what we think is possible for our own lives. The goal? To help you create a life you love on your own terms that stems from your soul. Let's dive in and discover what this life has to offer each of us. Hi, gorgeous souls. Welcome to episode nine, which is all about living a life less ordinary with Phil and Penny Kirk. This week's episode is part two of episode number eight. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen to it first because this episode will make much more sense. Phil and Penny are two of the most fascinating, heart-centered, and genuine human beings that I've had the privilege of meeting and having in my life for the past 20 years. They epitomize creating and living a life less ordinary. Their years have been filled with the accumulation of experiences. They've been professional athletes, coaches, parents of three musician sons, and business owners, just to name a few titles. And by choice, they've moved 37 times in their 50 years of marriage in an ongoing quest for new adventure and letting go of attachment to stuff. From New York to New Mexico, from farms to monasteries, from construction companies to manufacturing supplements, from owning the abominable Snowman Lodge to building an international network marketing team, they have lived a rich and varied life with a combined 80 plus years of experience in the pursuit of wellness, purpose, and what truly matters in life. I met Phil and Penny when I was researching what network marketing company I wanted to partner with after selling my first network marketing business. Over the past 20 years, they have not only been the best sponsors and mentors I could have asked for, but they're also two of my most favorite people in the world because of their outlook on life, their wisdom, their hearts. And honestly, every time I talk to them, they are always up to something new, unusual, fun, and mind expanding. All right. Let's dive into part two. So with your life of just choosing all these different paths for livelihood and experiences and just everything that you've done, how have you married going with the flow, but also achieving goals, intentionally creating your life? Because a lot of my listeners always ask that, like, how do I go with the flow, but also still intentionally create my life? Hmm. You want to start? Okay, I'll start. <laughs> I, um, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a big question, and there's it's kind of subjective because of the nature of it. So, um, well, right now we're living in a pretty volatile world. I mean, if, if anyone who's got investments looks at the market, there's huge volatility. It's probably going to continue for some time. We've got a lot of things coming at us really quickly. Things change rapidly. Just look back to the date the pandemic started and. One day we're here, the next day it's declared, the next day we're supposed to wear masks and stay in our house. You know, who would ever have anticipated that, right? Mm. 
So we get asked this a lot, Carmen, about, you know, what, how do you, how do you just manage to stay, as you said, in the flow during this? And yet, you know, there are things you have to specifically and concretely do in order to um, just exist day to day. So we've, um, I, I would just have to say that there's two things that come to my mind that we have employed. And one is you have to, as best you can, simplify your life. By that I mean, get rid of things that are extraneous in your life, complications, entanglements. You really have to ask that big question, is this something that's serving my life or my family's life? And if not, how can I disentangle myself from that as quickly as possible? So you get down to a life of simplicity, and that has to do with simplicity in the amount of attachment to possessions you have. You know, how many cars do you need? Really, how many cars do you need? Um, you know, how big a house do you need? Um, how many, you know, wardrobes does one need? And, that, and and it has to do with your desire to have things, too. Don't don't create, a, 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 you know, a monk's life out of this. It's to, mm. it's, but really try to disentangle because life is incredibly complex and it is ever-changing. The other, the second thing is being flexible in your life. Trying to be, and that include you know, things like being mobile if you need to be. Um, but just being able to go with the flow, a lot of it has to do with flexibility. So, and honestly, it gets, for me, it gets into a little bit of a philosophical realm. And that is, you know, um, attachment to beliefs and then spending a lot of effort to reinforce and defend a belief. Uh, when all it, that belief may that you have may no longer fit the situation that you're presently in, mm. and that can be from political views. You know, you've been a diehard Republican or a diehard Democrat for the last twenty or thirty years, and also say that doesn't fit anymore. My belief in that party doesn't fit anymore. But you know what? My belief in that other party doesn't fit either. So how I've got to change my belief around? all of this and start to look at this from a very different viewpoint. And so, you know, I, I that to me, uh, to, to bring it around, simplify the answer is you got to be flexible and you, you really, really need to just, um, uh, I, it's so hard to come up with just one word, but just, relax into the situation and um, remove anything that's extraneous in your life. And because ultimately we are the sum total of our beliefs. And if we can recognize, recognize that and come to grips with the fact that's what we are, what are these, you know, the beliefs, what are, are they serving me? 
Are these mm-hmm. beliefs serving me at this point? Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, then I got to get rid of them. And then, wow, that opens up another whole opportunity. It opens up another. So you, you end up with more infinite possibility. And more infinite possibility allows you then unencumbered, unrestricted to act. And I think when Penny and I, the best we've ever done in our lives in terms of livelihood and and, and adventure is when we've come about that next adventure, or that, that next livelihood from that place where it was unrestricted and unencumbered. But I think, too, you know, it's it's really about inspiration and interest. And so going with the flow is recognizing, for one, when you have contracted, when things have contracted around your life, your feeling, your emotional feeling, and you know there has to become you, that you're ready to make a change, to start to recognize those markers and then to look for things that are really interesting to you and that inspire you. And right mm. now, you know, one of the things I was just thinking about is oh, the things that happened during the pandemic that were the unintended consequences that were phenomenal, like the canals in Venice having clear blue water and dolphins coming into them. Um, we saw changes in our environment when we became still, when the cultures slowed down. And then you have an opportunity to look and to feel what is it that is inspiring you and interesting to then go to the next thing. It's It was a reset in many ways for the planet and a reset for all of us to take that time because it is different now. And, you know, to me, going with the flow really is about recognizing where you are, that it's time to make a change, look for the inspiration and look for the interesting thing that's guiding you, that's drawing you, that's pulling you. There's like, and in the book, Strength to Strength, it's like, it's push, pull, right? Something's pushing you, something's pulling you. And to be aware of those forces in your life and then look for something that makes your heart feel, you know, full and it, your heart sing. That's really, that's really it. Yeah, our, our really close friend, Dr. David Soul. He is such a really extraordinary person, a very unique human being. A lot of suffering in his life early on. But what he came through and what he does now, he is one of the most gifted healers. He loves, loves, loves what he does. Mm-hmm. And he puts that love out. And so he said he has a little thing that he does every morning. As soon as his feet hit the floor, in the morning, the first question he asks himself is, how many hearts can I touch today? Beautiful. That's, that's it. so beautiful. Mm. That's yeah. it. And and that's that's what he that's what he does. And he very, very gifted at reading energy. And he sees some if someone's heart isn't open and you and he said there's there's no way to exchange with a closed heart. And but don't judge the person for having that closed heart at that time. 
It's just that time and doesn't mean it'll always be that way. So you're, you're looking to, 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 to touch hearts, those who are open to that exchange. And I think I, I said a little while ago about, you know, gratitude, being grateful for what you have is great, but that's, a, that's energy coming in. Then what do you do with that energy? Well, if you can touch someone else's heart, you keep that energy flowing. And he said, and that's when we, we unify. And, he, you know, he said, if you really think about it, my life is very simple. I'm here to touch people's hearts. And everything else takes care of itself. And I can intentionally create, create around that. That's what I want to do. I'm doing it as, as a physician. But that is, that is the vehicle for the intention I've created. And then I allow myself to be in the flow of that intention and it manifests. So for, for Penny and I, that was, wow, you know, that's really well put, you know, that that's really well put. And um, so that would be my advice at this time for anyone and how, how to live in the flow and yet create intention. Mm. You've really brought in some, explained so well the concept of not being attached, because I always have found that a difficult thing to explain because, you know, when you think of it, not being attached, like you said, it doesn't have to be living a monk's life. It just means being able to pivot quickly. And then because you're not attached necessarily to physical things or having things or even your, your mindset. And then if you're following that thread of curiosity, that inspiration yes. that allows you to be directed by where you're supposed to go. Right. And you're not encumbered by things that are, you know, holding, holding you back. And then the idea of, you know, how, how can I help? How can I um, touch somebody else's heart? You know, that, that also was a guide, guiding light as well. Yeah. A teacher we had years ago, this wonderful man, and we, we really loved him because he, he was what he preached. Always. Mm -hmm. You know, and that that whole idea, you know, you just said being able to pivot and so on. Everything you need to know is absolutely available to you in every moment of your existence. You just have to open your eyes and look, mm -hmm. open your ears and hear. Just see it and be it. It's all there, right there. And, you know, that's, there's so much distraction today to be able to, to live that. And then it's almost comical that we've, we've layered on top of this, you know, it, it, if you, if you get really philosophical and move into some of the Eastern philosophy about Maya and illusion and this, this entire existence we have is in a, a grand illusion called Maya in their terms. And, uh, you know, there we've had all, Penny and I have wonderful talks about this with other people that about our, is what we are living in at this moment, the sum total of the um, perceptions of reality of all beings on the earth at this moment in time, cre has it created that and it's constantly changing. So every thought you have, every action you take, everything you do, it does have an effect on the composite reality of our existence, right? So if you think about that, um, then can we be conscious 
Can we be aware? You know, can we take the time? And what happens when all of a sudden this virtual reality has been superimposed on this other illusionary reality? So we've now we got this social media on this virtual and what's it called? The meta? Oh, the metaverse. The metaverse. Mm-hmm. And you start, then we're getting more layers and layers and layers of this. And it it boggles the mind. And and then we end up living vicariously. And we do. That's, we, we live yeah. vicariously. Yeah. And and right now, I think the biggest issue is that most of it that is presented is fear-based. It is to keep us addicted to the feeling of fear. We, we become addicted to that sensation. So we watch shows, we watch movies, we watch, we start to, con- we, we continue to choose that feeling because we've become addicted to it. And mm-hmm. once we start to recognize that, and then you start to change it. It's like, why is it so hard to then start to watch a different kind of a movie, to read a, to read a book, you know, a romance novel? When you're used, you just read the seven part thriller series of, you know, uh, the Flynn, you know, the guy who goes out and, and he saves the world, you know, and it, it's an amazing difference, right? And and our society and our culture has become much more addicted to that feeling. We like that feeling. Yeah. And why is it so hard to like I think nobody reads books like sits down with a book anymore because we're yeah. so used to Instagram, you know, getting that quick fix. Yeah. It's so hard to sit down even for me who loves books for right. more than five minutes with a book. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's no, amazing. We, we found ourselves. We, that's a discipline. Yeah. We, you know, we kind of yeah. fall back on our our athletic careers and what we knew. You know, I don't want to get up and run today. It's raining. It's cold. But I got up and ran. You know. Yes. So that's so I can put this thing down now. I can go off Instagram. I can read. You know, I can read this. But it's a it's a practice. Like it's it, it's it not. Is. Yeah, it is. You actually have to catch yourself. You know, yeah. versus five years ago, it was so yeah. good to sit down with a book. Yeah. Now it literally is. I have to say, wow, like I'm finding it hard to focus for more than right. five minutes. Mm-hmm. I need to. Yeah, and so there's, that goes hand in hand with why it's difficult to actually put into motion the wheels moving in the direction of creating a life. That's different because you have to hold that thought. What is it? What is it that, you know, in order to 14 seconds, 14 seconds, you have to hold one. I I would challenge any of us. I've never been able to do it for 14 seconds. If you you can hold one thought and only that thought and no other thought and no other. I'm thinking that thought. Oh, yes, I'm thinking, um, oh, I'm seven seconds into this. We've lost it. You know, hold that thought for 14 seconds. So, and it It seems like it feels like an eternity. And because we've been so programmed now with the, the, the instant gratification, everybody, everybody thinks that they're going to put on a, a video on TikTok. Or Instagram, and and the what? What are we after? It's going to go viral, right? And it's going to reach a million people, and then we're going to make 
thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars um, because that became viral. And so it's given this perspective that it happened, it can happen. And yes, it has happened for some people, but it's, it, you know, to, in order to really truly create the life that you love to get up, and it's not about that, the end, it is about the actual thing you're doing that you love, which is the gift. Yeah. That's the no, gift. It's, it's the process. It's, and it isn't about the thing that is out there in the future. And that's the creating your life. Is, it's creating what it is do you like to do and is interesting to you today. But it is a such a different society because we, you know, Instagram especially has promoted this because you create something and then it's gone. Right. You know, it's, it's like that versus if you're creating something that's really real, it's lasting and you can yeah. enjoy it for a long time. Right. So given where we are, and this is such a good, good segue to this, with how the world is today, with all of your lived experiences, how would you recommend people handle and approach life right now? Because it's so uncertain. People are worried about a possible recession or if we're in a recession, there's so much polarity. There's you know, so much conflict. How would you advise people approach it to stay grounded, hopeful, inspired? Well, I, the first thing that comes to mind is breathe. Breathe. Um, mm -hmm. Learn Wim Hof. Learn yeah, Wim Hof breathing. Take the moment to become grounded. Recognize that most of the time we are not grounded. Most of the time we are in our heads. We're looking at our phone. We're looking at a screen. And all of the energy ends up from your upper torso. You know, it's mostly here up in your neck and into your head. And so recognize that by breathing and bringing that energy down and connecting with the earth, go walk on some grass if you can with bare feet. Ground yourself. Those little things, breathing and grounding are incredibly powerful. Incredibly. And more than, and then allow yourself to open to the source of your inspiration, which is your higher self. And it is speaking and it speaks through you and allow yourself to actually hear that and speak the words that you hear coming in. And it's almost like you, you have to sit yourself aside. It's like, okay, I'm gonna move aside and I'm just going to allow these thoughts to come through my head and come out my mouth and not be attached that you had to create them. It's a higher mm. you that create them. It's not this little you. And so then you will be given, you'll, you'll start to hear the right information for you. But yeah. you do have to be grounded. Well, being open. Again, again it gets back to what we were just talking about, being you know, try to simplify and try to become and more flexible in body, mind. You know, just this, those two things, an uncluttered mind 
and a mind and body that's flexible is open to infinite possibility. And possibility exists even in the kind of times that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. In fact, maybe more possibilities yeah. exist because they're coming at us faster. And so um, you're, you're, you become so much more aware of what the true needs are of, let's start with the earth, and then we move to all the species on the earth. Human beings, our needs, uh, and, and how can I serve that? Meaning, how can I give to that? You become aware of these things, and then that creates huge livelihood opportunities. Some of the most amazing things have occurred out of, like, the Great Depression or, you know, the chaos of times. And um, I think that uh, it, it literally... It's like, I don't want to be afraid anymore, isn't going to get you out of fear. But mm. to say I don't want, I, well, I don't want to be afraid, uh, I'm not going to be afraid anymore. Good. You're not going to be afraid anymore. What is going to allow that to drop away? Hi, lovely soul. It's Carmen here, and I'm interrupting this episode to tell you about my brand new free manifesting guide. So do you feel a little stuck when it comes to manifesting? Maybe you've been dabbling in this world of manifestation, but it's just not flowing. Or maybe you're just an inch away from your dreams, but you can't seem to break through. Or perhaps you're brand new to manifestation and you're 100% ready to tap into your superpowers, but you're not quite sure how to get started. You are not alone. We all have our moments of doubt. And here's the truth. We all encounter a few sneaky reasons that can slow us down. And so I've just created a brand new guide and it's called the seven sneaky reasons you're not manifesting. And more importantly, what you can do about them. I talk about common manifestation hiccups, practical steps to reawaken your manifestation mojo and start turning your dreams into reality now. So to get you started or back into your manifestation flow, go to carmenmarshall.com forward slash seven, like the number sneaky S N E A K Y. So again, forward slash seven sneaky, and I'll put it in the show notes too. Drop in your email and I'll send you the free guide straight to your inbox. Okay. Let's get back to the podcast. Because most of what you're, I think you were asking, and I, and I know we're asked this, and I'm sure you are too, Kermit, in the times we're in today, people are, you know, how, what do I do? This is, I don't know, I've never seen anything like this. This is really horrible. I don't, how can I make money? How can I this? How can I that? And they're, they're just wound up in this mind race of fear. And so the questions are coming out of a fact that they're 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 um experiencing fear in so many different layers and so many different avenues of life that it's 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 literally tethering them. Mm-hmm. And I mean I'm not free of this 
Penny's not free of this. We have our moments. We really do. And we, we have to go through a discipline ourselves of letting it go. And it, it gets back down to, okay, you know, as Penny said, breathing, focusing in on something else, saying to yourself that there's little, you know, that book, that Helmsetter book we used to talk about years ago, Carmen, or what, um, what you say when you talk, talk to yourself. yourself. Yes, yes, yes. You know, yeah. you know, we used to talk about that when we were yeah. back when we did those programs together. Um, yeah. And we used to say, okay, you know, we, we used to teach this to, to people, you know, what is going on in your head right now? What, what's, what are you saying to yourself right now? And that to me is the crux of it all because we've met certain people in different parts of the world. And I, I think you probably have too. that no, and these, you know, cultures that were really suffering. But there was this, they weren't suffering at all. Mm. And they, they, they were able to release this fear. They didn't fight it because that's never going to work. That just reinforces the, the opposite. You know, wars have never accomplished much. <laughs> except conquering of one at, at, you know, the expense of one for the aggrandizement of someone, something else. This is about letting it go, letting it dissolve, breathing it away. Of course, meditation, that, that word is so used and to the point of maybe being misused, but it's being able to sit quietly and develop a way of clearing one's mind and then just allowing things to come in. Nothing will come in if, if you know, you can't put more water in a glass that's full. Mm-hmm. So if you create a, a sense of vacuum, vacuum is not a state of equilibrium. Vacuums want to be filled. So if you can empty yourself of, of fear and create that, that vacuum, essentially, and you can allow it to fill with something else. And I think that we can, it gets us back down to feeling versus thinking, what's running the show? This is a debate that goes on. Is it the mind or is it feeling? What's What are we designed as human beings? I, over the years, have moved out of a, Overeducated intellectual upbringing <laughs> to, to to realize that it's it's the sense of self feeling, and then the mind is just an instrument that works for that, rather than allowing the mind to create these emotional reactions and feelings. Um, and flipping that and working on that to me is a huge endeavor for most of us, but it is so worth it. It is so worth Mm. it. I also think right now there are a lot of voids that need to be filled that we don't know about. When you have this 
level of change this quick, you know, in our economy with businesses, corporations, the rise and fall. And they are, it, it's leaving holes, right? There's a lot of mm. things that have, that have gone away. Um, ways of doing business that we used to all use that they've gone away. And so in that, the result of that is that there are all these voids and within that there is opportunity. So I think if we can, you know, take a moment from our, our fascination with, uh, you know, the Royal family and the rich and famous and Mm -hmm. get back to, you know, what it is that we're interested in and what do we see? Start to become really observant of what is around and what things, you know, need. Where are some needs that aren't being met? How can we meet them? How can we be of service to someone in that moment? And I think, you know, it, that to me is creating, a, a, you know, yeah. a life you love. Yeah. And that that is what is soul craft, right? Mm, yeah. Exactly. It's, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's such a cool yeah. concept and the way you, you, you're working, yes. you created that's really, it's really wonderful. And I think that uh, we, we, at the end of the day, we've got all this new technology available to us and more and more coming. Uh, it, it's mm-hmm. so fast. Um, mm-hmm. That Tony Robbins book, the, what's it called? Um, this one I'm presently reading called Life Force. This yes, amazing. Um, you know, and Tony, I, I, Penny and I have experienced Tony in person a few times. He's bigger than life. I mean, literally, physically bigger than most other <laughs> people. But then, you know, bigger than life can get in your face. Uh, too much sometimes for me, but I really appreciate what he's trying to do. I think his heart's in the right place. And teaming up with Peter Diamandis and these futurists, who, you know, he, highly educated, brilliant people looking into the future of health and medicine and where we're going. It's you could take this is amazing technology, amazing advancements in science. Yeah. Uh, and um, I know the whole stem cell thing is one thing I, I pulled out of that book. I said, wow, you know, and this stuff really works. And I'm a testament to that. <laughs> but uh, and so are many of your of the pro athletes that I could rattle off right now that most everybody knows have have used that technology, that medical mm-hmm. technology, and mm-hmm. it's cutting edge. And it's how you use this technology, how yeah. you use it. And if I'm going to to plug into the technology. Let's just use social media as an example. Do I, I have an opportunity to be incredibly abusive with that technology, mm-hmm. or I have a, a, an opportunity to use it as a tool to affect change in a really positive way, to empower people rather than discredit people. I think that, that um, the real question is, as a human race, actually, are, are we elevating our consciousness to a point where we can responsibly use this technology? Are we've been given this? It's just 
I, I, there was a, it might have been like Matthew McConaughey or somebody. I'm not sure who said it, but it really struck me. And it had to, he was talking about the Constitution of the United States. It said, our forefathers gave us some wonderful freedom in that Constitution. Can we, are we, will we be responsible and accountable for those freedoms that we've been given? Or are we going to misuse them? Mm. And if we're going to misuse them, then they're going to be taken away. And, and systematically, they will be curtailed. We've seen that over the last, well, since I graduated from law school in 1970, I've said every decade I tell Penny, we just lost a whole bunch more personal freedom. Wow. And, you know, Supreme Court decisions or even decisions on local levels. Um, and it's, it's uh, we can reverse that as a, as a community of people, as a, as a country, as a global population. If we if we decide to become more accountable, and I think right there, you know, Carmen, I, th I think about the the work that you do. What is the very first thing that someone has to do? They have to accept the responsibility of creating it, which is yeah. really scary because there's no one else out there who's going to do it for you. You can be given advice and guidance, but it is ultimately up to you as an individual. And for yeah. a lot of people, that's a very scary, you know, scary moment. It's interesting. You, I, I know that um, artists talk about what is the scariest moment is when they have a giant white canvas just, in front of them. They just showed the camera. Okay. And okay. It, it's this perfect a, white thing. And then they have to they have to create they have to do something. And whatever is on there, they are responsible for. And and I think it's the same creating anything, creating a business, creating your life. Yes, you have you have support, but ultimately it is the responsibility is right here. You know, yeah. that term, the buck stops here. It does. Yeah. And it's so, it's such an important concept that full responsibility for your life, no one is coming to save you and there's no one to blame. Like you are responsible in everything. It's you create and, and don't blame anyone else for your situation because you can always. And your health. It's like. Yes. And yeah, it's like Carmen. Who's pre who was president in all those situations in my life? <laughs> who's the common denominator? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. And, and I think entrepreneurial people, people who who choose that route and who create something like that, um, they're well aware of this. It's very liberating too. Yeah. You know, like if you can step into that, it gives you so much inspiration. Like, wow, I can affect my life yeah. versus I'm being affected. Right. That's a right. totally different position. Oh, it's very. so power empowering. Yeah. And, and, and there is all, there is always struggle involved. Yeah. There's always challenge involved. Yeah. 
It's how are you how are you going to do? What are you going to do with that? Are you going to embrace it? You know, like Penny, what she said yesterday, that's not fear, that's excitement. Yeah. You know, how are you going to, wow, now what am I going to do? Wow, man, this is a great, that great movie with Dustin Hoffman, uh, Wag the Dog, that every time an obstacle came in his way, he would, oh, well, we could just do this. Oh, well, we could go do this. And it was like this little metaphor uh, for life is that we, 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 these things come at us from our, sometimes we're blindsided. Sometimes they're big events. So there's a great Colin Ray song. And in the song, the lyrics are, it's like, I prayed to God to give me strength, but God gave me obstacles that I had to overcome to become strong. And I mean, the lyrics, they go along just like that. It's like I had to actually work through these issues in order to gain the thing I was praying for. And in the end, I got it. Well, they say when they study happiness that it's having a, people are the happiest when they have a goal. And then when they, of course, attain it, and then they set another goal. And not that you're not happy. You know, it's not that you always have to keep achieving, but it's that you, you have a goal that you're working towards and you're enjoying the journey as well. But we have to have goals as human beings. Otherwise we feel listless. It's like the old story. When people retire, they die shortly, you know, because they don't have any more goals. Yeah. Or purpose, you know, the goal, the goal has to be purpose. Um, Yeah. Very well said. You know, and in our life, Phil and I certainly have chased a lot of goals and um, and we've had the experience of Whoa. achieving a goal yeah, and go. setting another goal before <laughs> we've even appreciated. And that's a real pitfall. Is that all there is? <laughs> like, you know, well, wait a minute. Yeah, we built it just, up to be bigger than it yeah, really is. Yeah. So never, ever forget to celebrate, feel, bring it in, take the time to feel the sense of accomplishment because that is what builds the self-esteem, that Mm -hmm. muscle that allows you then to begin anew, to begin again. Yeah. Yeah, well said. And I think you pointed out the distinction is that it's a, it's a goal that has purpose that's meaningful for you. It's not just a goal. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. yeah, So many people in my age group, you know, late seventies or, you know, just let's say 65 on are really dealing with this issue of relevance. Am I, am I still relevant? You know, it used to be everyone retired at 65 or given a gold watch and off they went. If they were, you know, I happened to my grandfather who, um, you know, worked his way from the mailroom to CEO and chairman of a, large corporation still vibrant still excited about going to works you know it was in the oil industry and one day he turned 65 and it was mandatory retirement he was done and they threw a party for him gave him a gold watch he lost his whole desire to live after that he had no purpose nothing and it was really sad to watch his you know him just kind of wither away 
And I think that um, that's something to really be that's really important. And and one thing I got out of that and, and examining that now that I'm, you know, I'm I'm 78 and that's the year that he died. So he was 78 when he passed away. So I, I was reflecting on that and I'm going, you know, yeah, the relevance issue does come up. And it's a conversation. I have a lot of friends of mine um, that I've grown up with and been, you know, around on and off throughout my entire life. And one thing I've learned about it is your relevance or irrelevance, it is not defined by anybody but yourself. Mm -hmm. You are the one that decides whether you're relevant or irrelevant. And if you're feeling irrelevant, then you have to create relevance in your life. And it's, to me, uh, easier said than done for a lot of people. Um, I'm gonna say to myself, I had to, okay, there's some adjustments I have to make here. I have to start thinking a little differently, but it's very, very, a very important thing and, and it's facing so many people now um again it's uh i i get back to being heart-centered and doing things like working in that clinic in the slums of mumbai what what a what an environment to be in but it was yeah. one of the more fulfilling little periods of my life mm. You know, we would start at nine in the morning and go till three in the morning with little 10 minute breaks, see six or 700 people. They would come in and it, yeah, it was just heart wrenching, but it was so fulfilling to yeah. be able to, to give some hope, to give some help to people that had nothing absolutely nothing so that that to me I, I i go back to how i felt then i said i felt relevant then. i really did yeah and i think that's you mentioned being grateful but then how can we pass it on like how can we help and i think even for me i've noticed like when i wake up in the morning and think how can i help where can i help that puts you in a good mood right away. Yeah, yeah. It's such a, what am I grateful for and how can I help? Yeah. And I think that's so exactly like how to be relevant at any age, like where yeah. can you help? And you get so much meaning from that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and it's easy when you're in the contrast of situation I was in being there and then my own upbringing, wonderful, brilliant, loving parents who provided me a great opportunity for education and uh, they were great role models for relationship and everything and then I'm over there <laughs> it's very easy for me to be grateful to have gratitude for that you know mm -hmm. and uh, and then it's like boy do I ever what am I going to do with this that I've been given um, I've got to gotta pass it on i've gotta give it out i have to if it just balls up inside it just then it becomes a problem <laughs> here's where i think our relevance comes in and that is you know phil and i when you've lived as many years as we have on planet earth and experienced the different things we've experienced 
when I see a young person who is who's brilliant and you see a lot of, you know, amazing, uh, you know, teachers and coaches and they're in their in their late 20s and they're in their 30s and they have all the information. Right. But they haven't gone through some of those soul defining failures, those deep failures, those times where nothing takes you in deeper than to have some close, someone die close to you, um, you know, divorces, uh, you know, your child, something happened to your child and, and, and you have to just be present for that. And they haven't had that yet. So they're like, they can be perfectly, you know, everything about their life is perfect. And, and I think where we're relevant is when they come to those places, when they start to get afraid that the recession, that, uh, you know, the cryptocurrency or the digital currency or the, you know, I mean, that's when we can say, breathe. Because we will all go through this and just breathe. We can go through it together. Yeah. And it's, you know, and for the most part, it's a lot of it is made up. So true. We make it all up anyway. Yeah. So why don't we make up something really good? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Phil and Penny, I've just loved having you. We could talk forever. We're going to bring you back and go into some other topics. <laughs> but just as a closing, I always like to ask guests this. What is one of your favorite books that you think everyone should read? And I know you've read so many books. And what are you reading currently? Well, I just, uh, I've got three going right here now. And one is I, I'm moving. I'm. I, I'm not doing so much of any fiction anymore, because I realize that life is way more interesting than any fiction I can read. <laughs> right? But I'm, I'm really still interested in learning, learning things. And uh, uh, so this book by, by Tony Robbins and Peter Diamandis um, called Life Force. I think if you really want to know what's going on at the cutting edge of of medical research and applying certain of those principles to your own life. This is a great thing. It's a great, it's, it's almost like a reference manual. Actually. And then I, I I'm going to bring this one up, Karen. It's a little bit out there, but I've got a friend in Colorado. You love those. Okay. <laughs> Take us out there. Okay. I've got a friend in Colorado who I love dearly. Uh, Larry, you know him. And he's a, uh, he's an engineer and a, and a kind of self-proclaimed, physicist, a theoretical physicist, had a really, really good friend who was an absolute genius, astro-theoretical physicist who worked with the government for many, many years. He's since passed away. But through all those connections and everything, um, we, we had some opportunities to talk about some really out there stuff like anti-gravity machines, all this stuff. So he told me about this book. I'll hold it up. It's called the Secret Journey to Planet Serpo. That's written in And I'll put this in the show notes so everyone can get, get the exact title. Oh, Fantastic. All right. <laughs> so anyway, it's a really interesting read. It has all, and you know, I live in New Mexico with Penny and I, and it, 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 all, it, it starts with that 
Roswell crash in 1947, this whole extraterrestrial thing. And anyway, it's based on a lot of stuff that's been um, debriefed, let's say, or made available to the public, thousands of pages of information. And this man did research and wrote a book, and it's very, very fascinating. It just expands the mind. I said, wow, look at now we got some interesting possibilities. You know, so those are two that I'm working with. And then um, uh, there's a, a bunch of others, but those are the ones I'm presently involved in on a you know, day-to-day basis. Let's say. So here's what came into my head, because this is, again, getting out of my own way. So mutant message from down under. And probably, Carmen, it's because you're there. Yes. And it's, it's, says, about, yeah. it's about traveling such, with the Aborigines. Such and a great one. It's an amazing oh, Amazing book. So I particularly love to read books that totally expand my thought process about something. And, you know, whether whether someone's going to say, oh, that's absolutely not all true or it is true. I don't even care. It's how I feel when I read something like that, because it gives me this feeling of inspiration about what is possible. And the other thing that I'm doing is I'm actually watching YouTube things on how to change the carburetor on our weed uh, eater machine that I did the other day. So I'm very I'm, proud of myself. So I'm really so proud. So I've been of watching YouTube, you know, how to fix, you know, mechanical things. And so I'm having fun doing that because, again, we said we're on a farm. We have grapes. We've got fruit trees. We have some equipment, and it breaks down. And, you know, to me, that's like, I can learn how to fix this. <laughs> and you've got to figure it out. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And that just, it brings us full circle to you both are just always learning, doing different things, exploring. And I just adore yeah. that about both of you. Thank you. So thank, thank you so much for coming on. And we are definitely doing a part two and delving into the very interesting things. So stay tuned, everybody. <laughs> Carmen, right. thanks so much Thank for inviting you. us. This is our fun. first podcast. It was really fun. Very fun. And I, I can't Look think of anyone to better to do it with than you. Uh, and I'm going to I'm going to keep encouraging you guys to come out with your own podcast too. So, so stay tuned, everybody, about that as well. All right. Lots of love. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd absolutely love if you left a review on iTunes. It really helps me to get the podcast out there to support more people just like you to create soulful lives. And as a thank you, I'd love to send you my 20 personal affirmations for manifesting an aligned, magical, and fulfilling life. To access this freebie, simply send a screenshot of your review to soulcraft at carmenmarshall.com and I'll send you my favorite affirmations and mantras straight to your inbox. All my love and I'll see you on the next episode.